Hello, I am David Klajman from Fidelis. In partnership with IFA, the European Fundraising Association, welcome to the European Fundraising Podcast, a show where we discuss with some of our best European fundraisers how non-profit organizations can build long-term and deeper relationships with their donors. Alain Bapelic works in communication and fundraising for Stiftung Menschen für Menschen, a German NGO that also has more than 600 employees in Ethiopia. Uh, Araba's experience is really diverse. She has lived different lives before working for an NGO, from her youth in a multicultural family to being the queen in the Lion King musical in Berlin. She defines herself as a social activist, so uh, we discuss with her how fundraising and activism are related and why we should revolutionize our way of thinking in order to adapt our fundraising to a new generation of donors. She has uh, plenty of energy and many great ideas to share, so let's listen to Araba Pilic. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today, I am welcoming uh, Araba Pilic, who is from Germany and who works in uh, communication and fundraising for uh, Stiftung Menschen für Menschen. Hello, Araba. Hi, David. Uh, okay, Araba, thanks a lot for uh, accepting my invitation. So th this podcast mm -hmm. is aimed at uh, fundraisers all around Europe and aims at uh, sharing our experiences as uh, European fundraisers. Araba, your experience is uh, really diverse. Uh, you have lived you know, different lives uh, before working for an NGO. Uh, and as we will see, you define yourself as a social activist. So today we are going to speak uh, about how fundraising and activism are related and how you think we should uh, revolutionize our way of thinking while taking talking to our donors. But Araba, before we dive into all those subjects, uh, could you uh, present yourself for the listening, the, the listeners of this podcast, please? Thank you very much for this warm introduction. And <laughs> yes, hello, everybody. Um, I, um, I feel honored and I'm also very excited to be part of this. As I heard, this is a pilot. This is something new. And, um, exactly. You're one of the first episode, maybe the first or the second one. I'm not quite sure, but uh, you're one of the first um, to, uh, well, you, you, it's with EFA, as everybody knows, uh, that we are launching this and uh, you're been chosen to be one of the first one to be interviewed. Uh, so. Hooray, hooray. <laughs> Beautiful, yes. And I hope um, that I can, um, yes, deliver some insights and, and give you some inspiration Um during our conversation today. So um, what can I say about myself? I mean, this is about fundraising today. So um, I, I would like to say something about me, which is maybe the foundation of my, um, yeah, how I approach this work is that I draw from, from many kind of um, different aspects of life. I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, how do you say, like uh, fundraising is not my first profession, as David already said. Yeah, you're going to um, tell us what uh, you did before in your first life, which is mm -hmm. uh, very important, very interesting. So yeah, yeah tell us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so basically, I would like to start actually, because this is how it really 
now having thought about it after your co the conversation with you, David, after our first conversation, I really, um, I really realized that fundraising, my, all my skills started with my family story. My family background was the foundation of everything. And, um, we have a saying in, um, in Germany, we have an artist, his name is called Karl Valentin. And he said something, his quote is, we do not need to educate our children. They imitate everything we do anyway. Oh, and yeah. this is really, um, this really sums up my upbringing. And um, basically, I come from a polycultural family, meaning that um, the different cultural backgrounds in my family, they did not only exist next to each other, but they kind of melted together. So my father's from Ghana and my mother is from Germany, from Bavaria. Um, um, and um, But you lived in Germany all your life? I was or? born in Germany. I was born in Germany. But um, my my family really was, both parents took a great interest in the culture of the other. So my mother, she learned, for example, Twi, which is like one of the um, major languages that are spoken in Ghana. Yeah. Um, and um, my father, of course, he came to study to Germany, so he, he knew German, but they were very interested in the other culture and really melted together these two cultures. Um, and also um, they... Um, they both come from families that were t totally contrary. So I had a combination on one hand side, an academic background, even royal background from the Ghanaian side. And on the other side, it was a working class family which, with a great um, artistry background. And um, all these different, basically, bricks I had, you know, were always, they, they were lived within this one family and influenced me tremendously. Um, and uh, I, I will see mm -hmm. after, I'm, I'm sure it's related today to who, what you are doing in NGOs and then fundraising, all mm -hmm. this uh, opening and, and listening and, and mixing different cultures. Uh, of course, there's a, a big impact on how you, uh, how you work today. And, and well, we will do the, you will explain how today it influences your daily life. Exactly. Especially this background made me as a fundraiser be much more understanding, respectful and also flexible in my fundraising with these different kind of people, of course, you, you meet as a fundraiser. Um, and, and, and your family were, were already engaged in, in you, you would say they were activists in, in, in politics or in, in social work or... Well, they were not like activists, like we know activists today, you know, but um, both had a strong sense of community and uh, so the social awareness and also in terms of activism. For example, my grandmother, even not even my father, my grandmother, she had six children of her own. And I'm talking about my Ghanaian uh, yeah. grandmother now. And um, of course, she raised them, you know, and, um, and gave her an education together with my um, grandfather. And after that, she adopted 10 more children out of the community and raised them like her own and again gave them a full education for life this but these are not these are things we were not you know they were it was um it came naturally this is yeah. how i was raised you know everything was natural and also on the other side um it, it has always been being a social person being Caring about other people has always been something that um, accompanied, me, accompanied our family through our whole life. Um, 
And so then after you started your career uh, as an actress, uh, so like, like you said, it's always a part of your family were, was, were already in, in arts or maybe it comes or, or from mm -hmm. this part of the family, but you started mm -hmm. as an actress. Can you, can you tell us about this? And, uh, uh, you know, it's always amazing for people like me who are not really uh, creative or have no particular talent to imagine mm -hmm. that you, you were in front of hundreds of people uh, dancing and singing uh, so tell us about this and well, what play did you act in or mm -hmm. how was mm -hmm. it <laughs> well basically I started I, I studied acting in London I went to London because I was interested in, in the, especially in the Shakespearean kind of education and this is you know where the roots started so I moved to London And um, I studied there and stayed on for another five years working in the industry, especially in London. I worked um, mainly in the theater industry. And, um, which, and one thing that influenced me a lot during my studies is that the, our teachers, the tutors, they had one class. They were talking a lot about what kind of actor you would like to be. And um, I discovered... Then, I mean, I was 19 years old then, that yeah. I would like to be um, a political actress, meaning um, especially plays or works, art about um, social injustices were particularly interesting for me. I always wanted to voice something. I always wanted to say something, um, um, uh, tell stories um, that, that were told by people who don't have a voice, in, you know, okay. in a sense. And then I moved to back to um, Germany and I took on then a leading role um, in the musical The Lion King. And uh, this was my way back to Germany. I so think. this is a big musical, huh? I guess. Uh, the Lion King is uh, yeah. Disney yeah. and uh, yeah. thousands of people, uh, every, no, yeah. maybe not every day, but... Uh, well, uh, Actually, yes. It's yes. the most, <laughs> actually, it's the, still the most, I mean, I don't know how many centuries it exists now, but um, it um, is the most, um, uh, how do you say, success, successful musical. I am. Um, and, and so what, what was your part in The, the Lion King? <laughs> I was um, playing the queen then. The I queen. The queen. Oh, just, just, <laughs> just the queen. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, so, so it's, it's singing, dancing, uh, acting. Uh, yes. All this together. Yes, exactly. And uh, uh, yeah, so, so this was a very interesting time for me, especially because um, we in, in Germany there were not so many actors by then. This is 20 years ago, um, who um, have an international background. So they were casting from all over the world. And we had about, I mean, you know, I don't know the exact number, but I would say about 20 different nationalities in this theater who worked together and um, this was basically my yeah foundation for intercultural skills and uh, communication skills because um, I really understood the power of words in terms of one word I would use had nothing to do with how it was understood by different yeah. people in this theater and you really had to, had to adapt a lot and that was a very, very um, important time in my life. Which and I you were living with the, these, the other actors? You were living with them and, you know, uh, every day? Well, and... Yes, exactly. But basically, um, if you do a musical like that, there's no uh, free time anymore. So I, uh... this is your family. This is your, this is your family. And you work uh, six days a week. And yeah. the seventh day, you are resting. And that's it. So um, it's okay. very intense. 
very intense community, you know, you were, and we're still, I mean, this has nothing to do with fundraising, <laughs> we're still friends, and nowadays it was really, it happened 20 years ago, and actually we're still gathering together from all over, flying in from South Africa, Spain, France, uh, you name it, to see each other, it was a very uh, special time then. Yeah. Okay, and and I think there was a, a strike during the show uh, that maybe also was part of your you know, political construction. Can you tell us about this a bit and what role did you play in this? Well, basically, yes. Um, we had um, uh, a strike um, at the Lion King, which um, on, and I supported it because um, it was about equal payment, and um, so. I had the privilege, actually, to be part of the privilege group, but yeah. um, I was not um, happy that um, a successful um, uh, yeah, musical like this would make differences with the people who make it happen. Um, so this is why I took part of the strike, and um, yeah, and I was just supporting it, and it was... Um, Yeah, basically we succeeded. Did it, <laughs> yeah, did it succeed at the end? You, you got uh, yeah. what you wanted? Yeah, so we had equal pay for everybody and so I was happy. And okay. the rest of the crew too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and, and so you just you, you told us a bit um, before that one of your teacher once uh, asked you uh, mm -hmm. what, uh, what, what actor you wanted to be and it made you think and... No, um, maybe a question you never asked yourself before, and, and just mm. you know, having this question made you uh, react and, and 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 change maybe who what you wanted to do after. Do you ask yourself this in in other kind of area now, like uh, what kind of um, a mom I want to be, or what kind of uh, fundraiser I want to be? Is it something you ask yourself uh, um, frequently? Yes, as a, I mean, I mean, uh, you you just mentioned my motherhood. I'm a mother too of children, and actually, my uh, wish to become to work in the in in this field, you know, of um, I mean, I'm working as you said for the for the charity or, or the development aid organization, Mention for Mention. The the urge to change my life actually started or became very um, intense with the birth of my children because. Then I really started asking myself what kind of, um, what legacy am I leaving? If I leave the world, what kind of world, how did I contribute to this world yeah. for my children? This was the question I was asking myself. And this is when I decided that I would like to change my profession again and okay. um, yeah, work in this field. And, and uh, well, so you, when you, you came back to, to Berlin, then you were so doing the Lion King and then after well, What made you change and what did you do after uh, where you became a fundraiser straight away? Or no, you, you did a, a management yeah. of a celebrities, yeah. I think, before? Yes, also, yes, that's true. And when I came, when I, um, I moved to Berlin, I moved from Hamburg to Berlin and um, I started working as an event manager. Okay. Um, and this was a very huge um, company which had um, very, very big events. And um, there was also involved uh, some celebrity management. And I took over this part as well as the my former boss thought that I was quite talented. <laughs> well, listen, you're, you're, not, you're not impressed by... Uh... Seeing no. artists, or well, you, this no. was your day-to-day -day life before. This so. was my day-to-day -day life. So I'm always, I always see the human being behind 
everybody basically and um, give yeah. us a, give us a bit of you know name dropping who did you meet <laughs> give us a, make us dream a bit oh, you know for normal people like us oh, who, who did yeah. you meet uh, who is it mm-hmm. tell us I mean, about dirty stories like... about uh, <laughs> celebrities please <laughs> No, no, I couldn't. Actually, actually, they were quite well behaved, all of them. But um, it would be people like, I don't know, Tom Cruise, Natalie Portman, Sir Michael Caine. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, big names. And um, and that um, this, this occasion basically helped me when I then um, applied at the foundation I'm, I'm working now because they were actually looking for an event manager who also is... Um, skilled in um working together with their vips with their celebrities okay so 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 it was a very good fit in the beginning um when i started with mention for mention okay yeah well let's uh it's a good transition uh, let's talk about your so your job today for mention for mention uh, mm-hmm. first maybe can you tell us about the organization itself just you know describe uh, briefly the, the history and its uh, main uh, areas of, of expertise yeah, it's um, basically it's a development aid organization which was founded in 1981 by the famous, now past, but a famous actor Karl-Heinz Böhm. And um, it was very special in that sense. First of all, its foundation was very special because he actually, um, he didn't decide to, he did not decide just to found um, an, a, a development aid organization. He actually placed a bet in a very famous TV show because he was so impressed and so um, in despair when he saw in 1981 a, a huge, a huge yeah. drought in Ethiopia. And um, he, yeah, so the, he went... Yes. The, well, this is just for people who, don't, who are yeah. younger than, than us. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. In the beginning of the, 90, you know, the 80s, it was a live aid in Ethiopia. There was you know, these huge concert with uh, millions of people. Uh, yes. um, there was a big uh, you know, yeah, famine. I would say people were starving in Ethiopia. And yeah. there was a world mobilization at that time. Many things happened in France, so, which I know. And, uh, yeah. and, and so Karl-Heinz Böhm had the same reaction and started something in, in Germany. Exactly. So he went to a live TV show and um, did not tell anybody what he would do. And this is exactly how it, this ah, yeah. was the story. It's really a Hollywood story. And then, he, and then he placed a bet because it was all about betting. And he said, um, I mean, then we had different currencies. We still had D-Mark. Now we're all in Euro. Yeah. Um, and basically he said, and he was very famous and very, people loved him. You know, oh, yeah. but they never saw him in this kind of situation ever before. And then he said, I will, um, I believe I'm betting that you people out there don't have the heart to even spend one D mark then. Oh, yeah. And he, in, he named a few other currencies for these people in Ethiopia who are, who are starving right at this moment as we're watching this. And he said, I believe a win that you do not have the heart to spend this money. And basically he won. Because not everybody spent the money; yeah, he was, yeah. you know, placed on population. But in this um, in this day, he raised about two point one million D mark. Okay. And then, and this is how it started. And this, and then he was basically a person who had no idea about um, development aid. So his approach was to go there and actually find a translator and go right in the midst of the whole you know, happening. And he started um, telling the people, not imposing to the people, 
his concept, but he was, he literally sat down with the people and uh, listened. And he said, tell, you tell me what you need and I'll try it and provide. And this is how it all started. Now it's a holistic approach 40 years later. Um, so we work in the fields of agriculture, water, education, health and income. To sum it up in a very quick way. Now. Okay, okay. So, okay, so, so, yeah, like, like you said, I'm just, you know, uh, rephrasing. But in the heart of your organization is is the listening of the the local population. I mean, yeah. many organizations uh, are trying to do the same, and 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 of course, not imposing things and listening to the needs in the local countries. Uh, well, for you, it's it's very important, and uh, for the organization, is very important. So this this listening process is. Uh, is central to um, to uh, your organization, of course. And and what is your job in in this organization? I tell exactly. you in a second, but also one thing which I yeah. have to mention, which which is which I'm particularly proud of, um, that this organization has their own employees. So I have about, and this is outstanding. So I have about 600 Ethiopian colleagues I in am. Ethiopia. So it's basically its own community that works for the people rather than you know expats going working for the people this is so there's a different kind of trust um alongside the project yeah, work yeah. okay and my role is um at the mo so now um nowadays of course i've you know i've changed my role and um i'm working now um in the i take care of the mid and major donor and corporation department so um this these are the people basically okay. yeah And so, yeah, what is uh, in this um, mid and donors and, and major donors? What are the the main fundraising activities that uh, mentioned to mention are is doing today? The mailing events, uh, you know, telemarketing. Yes, you know. exactly. So we do, you know, we 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 have fundraising issues in writing, for example, mailings would be one of them. And um, but I'm also conducting um, huge events. One one would be the. For example, the Karl-Heinz Böhm Award, which is an award that honors a personal organization for their exemplary contribution to Africa. The last winner was um, Paula Caballero. She's the initiator of the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, so this is one of the events. It one, well, it's a big event you do every year where you know, people come and present the project they are doing for Africa and you... You, you, you exactly. give them a word we choose, or, we, choose uh, we choose a person or an organization and um yeah we do it every sec couple of years actually because it's quite um it's quite a lot yeah. of work yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um yeah and we do it in in terms of a uh, donor relations it's very this this is the event where our really major and high-end donors come together and um for fundraising purposes and also for press purposes Oh, yeah, so so you do it uh, for the money it 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 brings, of course, but also for, like you say, putting giving putting together all the people who are working in the organization or or the donors or the big donors. They they come at this big event, and you yes. also do it for press because it's a way of you know that the press talks about you. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And so, uh, and I, I guess you also. Uh, No, do uh, the mailing, emailing, uh, phone, and all this is uh, also in your in your process, or do you really uh, do events are the main way of getting money for you? Well, the main the main um, 
actions are really through writing. We have our own uh, magazine also. Um, okay. It's called Nagaya Magazine, which comes out um, four times a year. So um, this is this is an important important fundraising tool because it tells the stories out of the country. Yeah, our not only um, the success stories, uh, also you know just developments in, in general. Okay. And yeah, exactly. And um, we we're not on the phone. We don't do phone fundraising. We don't do this, uh, you know, on the phone fundraising. Other than having actually real conversation, one to one conversations with our donors. Yeah. Okay, you never. Uh, I think in Germany, it doesn't it's not maybe not that common to even to phone people who give to you every year to phone them once and to ask them uh, uh, if they have question and to ask them to make another donation. No, this is uh, only done by uh, email or mail. Some organizations do work this way. We yeah. have just decided for us. First of all, in Germany, yes, you're right. It's not. It's not so common. These kind, yeah. this type of fundraising, so it's not so well received with the um, society. Um, yeah. They have, they are not so used to it. So this is one of the reasons. And then we also have the way you get these uh, phone numbers. Uh, we, we in Germany we have this, and you also have it. We call it DSGVO. It's the it's how do you say it's the um, Yeah, the do, do not call list. You're not allowed to call. Exactly, people, yeah. exactly. You can only call people you, um, who gave you your phone number. Yeah, yeah. But so, in, in France, yeah. uh, uh, NGOs are, 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 do not have to follow this uh, do not call list. They are excluded from this regulation uh, uh -huh. because we consider that they are allowed to call the uh, people who are in the, in the phone book, even if those mm -hmm. people have in, put their name in the do not call list because... Uh, Uh, well, for NGOs, you are allowed. But well, this is uh -huh. just you know, every regulation yes, is a bit yes, different. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So this, so we're not using these kind of channels. Okay. But other, other than that, everything. Okay, great. Um, I think we, we we understood and we have you know a, a rough uh, understanding of of uh, of uh, what the your organization is doing. So uh, uh, so we're going to talk about communication uh, towards um, or with our donors. Uh, you, you think. Uh, if I understand well, and you're going to rephrase this and say, say, say it much better than I am saying it, but you think that we, we need to change our perspective in the way we communicate towards our donors? Uh, alors, first, maybe, can you explain why you think that NGOs uh, today are, are maybe not going in the right direction? And then we will talk about how uh, they can uh, maybe listen more or, or change the way they are communicating. But first of all, You know, what, what do you see that you know, can be changed in the way uh, communication is made by NGO today? Well, I would like to start really with the society we're living in. And um, we live in a society that undergoes a radical change by the day. It, it's never happened so fast. We're moving so fast like never before. And this has reasons, of course. One of them is the... Um, the, the migration issue, we become much more international, all of us, um, in, within the families, within the society. People move to countries in order to work in other countries. Some people have to flee countries. There's different reasons, and, um, and the family become much more polycultural as the society in general. This is one of them, and we have to meet these ends. Then um, we, through digitalization, How do you say? Digitalization. Digitalization, yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much. 
Also, um, we communicate in a different way. We communicate faster and we don't communicate, and this is the most important thing, not from a pyramid anymore. Years ago, we, we communicated from a pyramid, which means the stories were made on top, on top of the iceberg and they kind of, and that it went down to society. Now yeah. the society works, it communicates within a network. There's no top of the pyramid anymore. And even if there is a news coming out, immediately it goes into these social media channel, channels, let it be yeah. Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever you want to yeah. name. And we, um, and this is, and the, and the society makes their own, these stories their own. This is a complete different way of communication. So as an organization, we need to meet this society again and find the right wording, the right approach, first of all, that, you know, that we are listened to, but then also that um, we actually meet this new kind of society with yeah. our wording. Okay, but uh, I would say that, you know, NGOs are... Uh, posting on Facebook and uh, trying to, you know, do some tweets. And, uh, but what needs to be done more? Uh, is this is this really a revolution we have to 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 have in our in the way we 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 communicate and fundraise, or is just you no know, using these new channels that uh, that uh, that exist today? It's using the new channels is of no use if you don't if you don't adapt the content. So. Um, You can you can make your Facebook account, but if yeah. you don't if you don't know how to how to communicate with a Facebook crowd or even um, an Instagram crowd, there is no use of it. So um, yes, it needs a kind of revolution, but a peaceful revolution. Yes, um, yeah. in in terms of language, and um, it has a lot to do with um, diversity and inclusion matters. Yeah, which how we need to meet these different kind of dimensions in terms of um, because the donors they 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 are so heterogeneous now um, and you need to kind of find a way to communicate if you communicate in these channels you will meet all kinds of donors which you yeah. haven't met before and this is um, the challenge we have nowadays uh And 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 um, and yeah, all the the figures and uh, like I said, of course, I know more the, the French uh, figures, but uh, I'm sure it's the same in Germany. The, the people giving are uh, older and older, uh, yes. so, and and we have no trouble that putting the new generation into the the, the donation process. Uh, mm -hmm. So the, the 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 old people, old people, you know, 60 and more, give more and more. So basically. Um, uh, donation are rising, but less, fewer and fewer people are giving. So mm -hmm. today it's still okay, but it will soon be a problem. Is it the same in Germany? It's exactly the same. So we have our donors; they are becoming older and older. They, they first of all, people pass away, so they're becoming less in, in terms of amount of yeah. the group. Uh, but they donate more. And also not not only the, the, this particularly old group, also the middle group, let's say 45 up or even 40 upwards, they donate less but more in terms of the amount. However, the younger generation, which we need to kind of look up to and uh, we need to build up on, they have a different a different approach on um, engagement and um, this. This, we are not clear on it fully how this approach actually really works. Yeah. 
And um, and this is something we need to find out within the next five to ten years. And, and you think that we in our Western societies, uh, mm. are we... Uh, Uh, good enough to listen uh, to other cultures. You being uh, half and half uh, uh, mm -hmm. and having one foot in, in, in on two, two different continents, uh, yeah. uh, do you think that we are used to listening in our Western society, or we are too uh, used to you know thinking that we are the best and our culture is better and more moral and more this and this? Uh, what do you think about this? I believe that we are socialized in a way, and it's a structural structural system. It's not it's not something something somebody decides individually that we take ourselves as a measurement, as the golden measurement for everything. And this is um, a problem in these days because the world is shifting. We we see it even in a political sense today, whether we like it or not. The world is shifting. The global South um, has becomes more and more um, self-confident and uh, we need to I think we really need to humble ourselves and uh, to to look towards other perspectives point of view views with an open mind and um, and if I said in a very harsh way stop lecturing other people on how how to live How to live and how things yeah. should be done. Okay, yeah. okay, great. So uh, I think this is very clear, and we, we understand the uh, the big picture of uh, what uh, needs to be changed. In uh, and uh, so then after uh, the, the question is how to use this to apply mm -hmm. this in our day to day life. So for example, in in, in mention to mention, um, you, you mentioned words. For example, uh, restructuring mm -hmm. the, the words. How, how do you? Try to apply these principles in 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 your day to day uh, uh, fundraising life in mention to mention. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's different aspects of it and different ways of approach. One approach which I find very important is actually to create diverse teams. I think, and this is one thing I have experienced in 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 this world of uh, fundraising or. Um, charity aid organizations, that the teams are still quite one-dimensional in terms of same cultural background, maybe even same um, sex, same all, all these kinds of um, aspects, which which creates an atmosphere where you where you kind of you have the same you you come to conclusions out of one group rather than taking these different influences from a heterogeneous group. So and in terms of hiring, I highly recommend to really put an emphasis on creating diverse teams and then to implement all the, you know, it, it, it's not, it's a process, I have to say. It's nothing because some, sometimes people, um, organization thinks, think, okay, no problem, you know, I'm going to hire a few Indians and, <laughs> and a few yeah. men and um, some elder ones and people with disabilities. And now, and now it will work. Of course not. It's, it's a really, it's a process and the implementation um, of, you know, creating really functionable diverse teams is. So this is one aspect. There are many aspects, but this is one of them. Um, look at your team. You know, what does your team provide? And also give everyone in your team a voice. This is also another uh, um, issue I, I really would like to address. I can see teams again and again where kind of the, um, you have this anchor effect, we call it, where the, um, the leader basically um, is setting 
setting the tone of voice in the subject. So um, whatever the leader says, who's speaking first, who likes to speak first, yeah. um, the team uh, will follow. Rather, uh, so so yeah. be because um, this is it's a good uh, example you gave. Uh, uh, now, what concretely, I mean, we can hear this all the time, uh, often, uh, oh, yes, we need more diversity, etc., et but like you said, it's not just a question of uh, uh, deciding to hire uh, people from different backgrounds, you know, is gen then making it work and making the team work. This is a whole new story. So one of the, um, uh, so can you give us very concrete, um, maybe uh, a piece of, of advice on mm -hmm. how to make this team work? So one of the first, uh, if I heard well, is just, you know, who's starting the conversation when you start a meeting? Maybe not always the boss saying, okay, today we are going to do this and this. Because this mm -hmm. already sets a ton of voice and mm -hmm. uh, you know something special that he has in mind. Is it uh, you know starting meetings by making asking some different people to talk? Is it like just the first piece of advice you can give? Yes, this actually is a very simple, yeah. very simple but very effective um, way of um, creating a different, a new narrative. If you um, and also. If you um, expect everyone to, to have an opinion on a subject, no matter how small or how small it is um, and how short, this is also another um, uh, effect. It, uh, you find a lot in team meetings that the same people will speak, even yeah. if it's not the boss. It's not about the boss. The same because people are very different in the ways of communication that you will find the introvert, you will find the extrovert, you will find, you know, and people sometimes think within a team, everybody found their role already, you know, yeah, and, and, and that's another very important um, aspect. And so, so you have small. to, yeah, yeah. To, to, to make sure that everyone has expressed his ideas on yeah. the special matters, even the one who's shy and not speaking too much, you have to go and fetch him uh, to, so he can express and bring something to the group. Yes, exactly. And okay. then, of course, it's about a fault cu culture um, that you don't. This is one. This is also a very important one. If you expect innovation from a team, then you have to have a very good fault culture, which means faults cannot be. <laughs> faults must be expected and accepted. Of course, errors, uh, mistakes. Error, errors, yeah, exactly, okay. errors. So um, okay. we call it fault culture. So um, okay. if you want innovation, you need to be prepared for, for errors and yeah. not reprimand your team if errors occur. Because if you do that, you're killing, you're killing the, the little seed, you know, of um, courage people have to, yeah. to uh, speak yeah. out and go different ways. Of course, after uh, explain, you need to explain this also to donors, for example, who are going to receive uh, maybe a, a yeah. wrong uh, paper or wrong thing. They need yes. also to be uh, to be to agree that there can be errors, and this is maybe a bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but okay, uh, so your team has to be prepared, and and everybody has to understand uh, where you want to go. I guess, and uh, is it very difficult to teach this to 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 a team of people? Yeah, especially in the beginning, because it's about institutional readiness. If you want to implement these new ideas or this new new kind of work, you're breaking old habits. And as you know, we 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 as human being, we 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 are built on habits. It's it's part of yeah. our survival technique. 
Um, so it's something very uh, fundamental about our human beings. And usually it causes a lot of a rupture in the beginning. It's not nothing. So th these are all these um, um, yeah, challenges we have to face with on the one hand side. We know we need to move. We, we need to be modern. We need to be innovative. We, need to be, we want to be all these things. But on the other hand side, it causes a lot of friction. It's not, it's not nothing that comes easy to you. And of course, these teams, um, um, and also in, in my organization, we, we started working on these subjects, and I will tell you the specific one in a, in a second. Um, it's not that everybody is screaming hooray all the time, you know, <laughs> but, you, yeah. but you need to, um, it's a lot about communication and being very clear about your goals And what you want to, um, yeah, what you want to, why, why you're doing this and what you're aiming at. And also to keep on inviting to, for participation. Okay. Be, uh, that's, that's, that's the most important one. Okay. Okay. I, I understand well the, the philosophy in the, like in the management or, or, or then the question is how will this affect the uh, communication as, a, as mm -hmm. an NGO or our fundraising? Um, uh, can maybe you, have you got an example in, in, in mention for mention or maybe in other NGOs uh, yeah. of things you liked and you said oh, okay they, they really have listened because the way they communicate shows that they've understood they've adapted to the new worlds okay. have you got examples you could give hmm. well first of all it's about I mean if, if you want to change something that meets the world we're living in in is the, the most important thing we have and the lowest hanging fruit we have is our communication. So everybody can start with a communication. And, um, and this is what we also do in our organization, which means we're actually looking at our materials we send out and we um, rephrase. So we, we're, we're, we're reading and I, um, um, well, well, I call it sensitivity reading, and actually it's in its expression and exists uh, out, out there already. That means I'm looking for anti-racist terminology and also um, diversity-compatible terminology when looking at our, um, when screening our materials. Um, and gendering is a little, little part of it. It's yeah, okay. The one little part of it. And this we do with everything we have. For our, and this is a long process. That's what I'm saying. It's a process. And then you need to explain. We built a glossar, glossary. Do you say glossary? Yeah, yeah, glossary, yeah. Yeah, where we actually really tackle down what are the words we're not trying to use anymore and how are we going to use them in the future. And Hello, you, you, my, have you got an example? Uh, uh, of course, gender is, is also a, a big subject in France. How to to mm. to, to take away gender in the way we, we write? Uh, I guess uh, uh, third world, for for example. Would be, is, for example, is, nowadays you say some people say development countries, and even that I wouldn't use. I would always talk about very specific specifically about the countries okay. you are talking about. Yeah, don't It's, mix them in this in a, in a big. Pot, uh, where you say development government. no you, you name exactly. the country and every country is different <laughs> and 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 even that now talk, exactly and even now going into the subject developing countries means again from 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 an outer point of view that this country needs development but is that true in that in what it, it's 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 a bit it's a bit looking from up, down on a country saying I decided you need to develop 
And I think it's not, it's, it's not even, I think there's something said that is not even meant that way. It's not yeah. uh, so charmingly said, you know, and, um, and again, it has this kind of hierarchical, hierarchical um, yeah, yeah. note, you know, so even this is why I would abolish this word. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so I understand this is economics. I mean, we, when we say development country, it's we're talking about maybe the economy is a bit uh, um, less uh, producing uh, wealth, or I don't know, but they can mm -hmm. be more developed in, in, in happiness or, or I don't mm -hmm. know, in, in many in, in, in family, uh, uh, in welcoming families. I don't know, yeah, there's plenty Absolutely. of different ways of. Uh, Noting and, and etc. Okay, we I understand Absolutely. this. Absolutely, yeah. but also it's about exactly not but sorry and also it's about um, of course not only basically um, um, a spoken word but also um, what kind of um, pictures do we use? What kind of photos do we use? Who's in the center of the photo? Who is? Is it? Is it? And and why? You know, so if, if what is something that is very common nowadays still is that we take a little child with, with big eyes um, looking into a picture in order to donate. It's a very, uh, to, to do fundraising, it's a very yeah. um, common and very effective tool we use. But is this up to our times? This is the question every organization need, needs to ask themselves especially in regards to, to the younger generations. If you talk to younger generations, you, I, 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 there is no real um, scientific um, yeah. uh, studies about it yet, but we do. I particularly like to ask these questions, the youngest generations. And in my, of course, you know, I'm just one person, but I'm encouraging people to do this all the time. And you hear, for example, that the younger generations don't, um, they don't feel triggered by these photos yeah. or they even don't like these photos, but surely they don't feel triggered by these photos. Just yeah, they to have mention the, one thing. They have the impression of being played out, uh, being uh, exactly. abused uh, by uh, these uh, you know, young girl with big eyes, like you said, um, but The problem is we, we haven't found another way effective to that speaks to these younger generations. So um, so we, we keep using these images because it works on older generation. Exactly. But uh, we haven't replaced it by for the moment, uh, from what I see, from for, by other way of communicating. But um, yes. but but yeah, have you you do you have maybe a. a NGO that you like, I think you, 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 there's one called Viva Conacqua that you, mm. uh, you quite like the communication, uh, with different and, and new in, in Germany. Yes, it's a, this is an organization. They are doing, um, conducting water projects in, um, different, um, countries in Africa. And um, their communication, I mean, they're, 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 they're really, really tackling the younger generation and do it okay. through what meets younger generation's interests, and that's sports um, and culture. Um, and, um, and they really also encourage them to participate, which is very interesting because they're really – so they go to, for example, huge um, um, how is it, festivals and yeah. encourage the younger generations to, to, to um, gather the cups when they drink something and this and this – And when they bring it back to a certain uh, to a certain stand, then they will get some money for it, and this they donate. Okay. And um, so, um, and they have a whole their own way of communication with the events they make, but also um, they, um, for example, just a little um, example in terms of wording, um, 
they don't say non they are an, they say we are not a non-profit organization we are a all-profit organization and this okay. is just one little um, example of many 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 um, yeah yeah and no, we understand that they understand words are yeah words yeah. are very important and it's the yeah. first way of making things moves is, is words uh, exactly we got this okay um, okay, it's it's a good example. Okay, um, uh, now I, I would like to you know, to to talk about uh, social activism and, and political activism. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, you we see you define yourself as a, a social activist, and, and it it comes from your family or mm -hmm. from your what you, you you've seen before, and this is important for you. Uh, and and I often wonder what uh, what people working in NGOs like fundraisers or even myself, yeah, what impacts have we really on the world? Uh, so how do you define NGOs, political influence on, on society? Do you think we have, we have uh, an influence uh, as you know, all working in NGOs? Or, or you, know, you think that, no, it's only politics and we, are, we have very few influence at the end? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean... I can only talk now. This is only my point of view, of course, you know, because I think each one has to decide for themselves what political influence on society means, yeah. you know, individually. I'm sure we would get a lot of different opinions. This would be a very interesting question if we had now, you know, a live talk, you know, to send that out to the listeners. But um, um, I believe um, that actually the output to society you can have with, with you working for a non-political or NGO is great, as long as you know your frame, the frame you're working in. So if, if um, it's, and the reason why it is that way is because we're sending uh, a huge amount of information material out to people all the time. There is no, I was trying in Germany to find out a number. It was impossible. It's literally impossible to find out how yeah. much it is, even yeah. in one country. But it's, it must how be many email, You mean emails, mailing, and all the other... Emails, mailing, uh, exactly. The whole extra. communication, it's, it's massive. And if you think that every, in Germany at least, every um, person out there is um, donating um, to one or two, uh, uh, to, sorry, to two up until three organizations... So there's two to three organizations one person is donating to. You can imagine, just imagine the amount of material these people are reading, yeah. um, you know. And, and if you think about that, this is the opportunity you have where you place basically your political uh, message. And, and, how, and how political it is, this is, this is a matter, of course, um, on what kind of organization you work in. Because if you work in a non-political, um, non-religious um, organization, you cannot expect this organization, you know, to, to, yeah. to send out political messages all the time. This is something, especially where people who are new in this field, I recommend to really look closely on, you know, how how does the organization communicate and, you know, what's, what's their storytelling, uh, rather going into that and expecting them to change. Okay, so I, so I understand that um, yeah, so we, we, we communicate a lot, and, and so we are 
we are a part uh, uh, in in everyone's life uh, every day. So, uh, what would you, what should we expect from our donors? I mean, should we when we communicate to them, uh, our words are important. I understand uh, we 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 can make things change in uh, in their in their way of perceiving things. What should we expect from donors? Should we how, how should we communicate to them? Should we be uh, Should we explain things a lot? Should we uh, be on emotional sides? Uh, what is your recommendation on this? Mm-hmm. Well, the big question, all, I'm sorry. It's, uh, yes. very, I know it's <laughs> not an easy question, but just, you know, you, the, well, what's your idea on this? <laughs> yes. I mean, first of all, we all know uh, as fundraisers, it always has to be a mixture of information and um, emotions. You know, we cannot, we need to kind yeah, of, of course. find find the right potion you know and it has to be a mixture but um i don't know whether i would even say what what we should expect from them rather than what do we expect from ourselves it's more about you know the the, the vision and mission of 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 each organization um and you know and the storytelling they make out of it um but i i think the more clear you are as as an organization what your mission is and your vision is um the donors the right donors will come your way rather than trying to reach everyone you know yeah. and um yeah and it, it's, thought, a, it's a way of knowing yourself before uh, exactly. having the the right message and and consistent message not changing every day and then the the people corresponding to you will come Exactly. And I personally do not expect from a donor to be, for example, highly involved, you know, in, in the content we're sending. Um, but I expect from myself to have thoughtful answers to the questions. If the, if there is a question, I want to have a th- give a thorough answer. And um, of course, I, I like don- personally, you know, I'm very happy with donors who... Um, who really involve, you know, who in terms of their, who are really interested in the, in the countries and really interested in the work we do, but I don't expect it from them. I'm quite happy also if a donor lets me do my work, you know, and trusts, trusts with their money, um, you know, just for us to do our work. This is also a very valuable um, attitude, I think. Uh, yeah. you, you accept everything and people are very involved or you're not... Uh... Uh, let's say mad or uh, angry when people just you know I don't not interested to know more. You 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 understand? It, it doesn't make you unhappy when someone is not involved uh, as much as you would like to. I don't take it personally. I think it's a personal decision, and I don't take it personally. You know, I'm I'm happy if if they have trust enough to to give the money to to you know to to feed the cause i'm quite happy with that okay. and and the few who want more information i'm also very happy with that you know but it's no, uh, because yeah. yeah of course it's a, it's a, often a question important when you're yourself very engaged and you know an activist mm-hmm. and and you can be you know can have disillusion when people when you arrive in the sector you think i'm going to change thing you have high hopes uh, about changing the world and you see that people are maybe Maybe they give uh, money, but they're not interesting to do much more. Well, uh, you're, you, some people can end up depressed about this. You, mm-hmm. uh, you, you accept that everyone's different and, uh, and you're not depressed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I also okay. believe, and I really understand, I think it's very great that, that young, people, young people or people new to this business come with 
with big motivation, you know, and, and high, high motives. That's great. I think that's important because this work is so exhausting, as we all know, you know, and, and so it's important to have this kind of energy. Um, it's just something that people then need to learn that um, there's a gap between theoretics, things you learn in your, in, in your university and, and, and in practical life. And this is something... Um, you can only learn through time. And if, and as I said, talking about politi- or social activism again, if, if you, if this is very, very, very important to you in a like really political way that you really, uh, this is your emphasis, then you need to go to these kind of organizations like Amnesty International to name one of them, you know, yeah. but don't go to a little, you know, to a little organization that has a completely different mindset and try to change them around. This yeah, yeah. is not the right approach. Yeah, okay, I understand. And, and, and so you said a bit before that uh, uh, you, you, you asked yourself what your legacy would be uh, if, you, if you had to stop today. Or, and do you have a, an answer to this question now? You're working in, you know, in fundraising and, and, and working hard. Uh, have you answered this question? What will my legacy be if I, if I die today? Uh, are you happy with the answer you You have for yourself. <laughs> well, um, I don't know whether I'm happy yet, but I'm trying to do my best, and and I'm I feel like I'm not on a I'm on a quite good way in terms of that. I want to be um, a good example for my children um, on what counts in this world, and um, and that it's important to be there for people who are, who are not so lucky um, as we are as a family, and. Um, If so, if I went today and, and, and they already basically inherited this kind of mindset, I've done enough. <laughs> okay. And, and so I, 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 to conclude on this subject, subject I, I, um, I see that you, you, know, you think you've, you've proved that, that we have a, a big impact on society, uh, working for NGO, working in, in communication and fundraising because we are the ones speaking to the To the to the public, uh, and yes. so in every day, in every word we choose, in in this uh, little mailing we are sending today, everything mm. uh, is uh, is is somewhere political and and, and has an influence. So exactly. um, so we can be uh, we have to be aware of the this power we have, <laughs> and to use yes. it with uh, <laughs> with intelligence. Okay, um, and and all this why. Raising, like you said, two twin girls. Uh, <laughs> so this is also uh, no part, and, and it takes a bit of time too. And I think they had COVID uh, last week. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a lot, but you know, I'm not alone. It's like there's so many parents out there. So I don't feel, you know, it's not an outstanding achievement no, no. for my son. <laughs> yeah. sure, but sometimes it's, it can feel, you know, easier to, to change the world and to raise a. <laughs> two twin, twin girls in, a, in, a, in our COVID yeah. and with, with the screen age. Um, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, no, maybe about the, the management of a fundraising team. Uh, can you, um, can you, uh, would be my last question. Yeah, can you give me, uh, no, uh, you, you talked about it uh, already, uh, saying uh, how you make people, uh, you know, open and, and make people, everybody participate, etc. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do, do you want to add something on this, uh, on, on your day-to-day management or you, You gave us already the, the main answers on this. Well, my answer would be put the human being into the center. This is everything will work and fail with a human being. And uh, if, if 
you are transparent and clear in your communication, if one trusts the team, if one doesn't also if people if if as, as a leader, if you don't micromanage but yeah. encourage people to present their own solutions and also show appreciation in word and deed, then you will you will raise a very, very good and strong team. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a good event. Oh, no, sorry. I have one last from the last question. Uh, I know you, I wanted to ask you how you continue to, to learn about your work and, you know, things you, you do to, to get inspiration, etc. And I know you, you started a, a company because you have a bit of time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, with your sister, can you, in, in one minute, can you just you know, tell us what, um, uh, why it's an uh, inspiration for you and, and how you, what you do in this company? Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister and me, uh, we both, we've for centuries, we've been act active um, um, about yeah, social injustice, also, let's say all about um, social responsibility topics. And we, um, in Corona, we decided to put our forces, the power together, and we um, built um, an, our own company, uh, which is called Sign of the Times. And um, it's um, so there we are tackling all issues around uh, diversity and inclusion and social responsibility and also have our own approaches. So one of them, for example, would be um, a methodology which we call sen sensory intelligence. So yeah. that means um, that we believe that um, one needs in, in, in process, in projects and or in processes, change processes, you need to activate all seven senses of a human being. So hearing, seeing, tasting, smelling, touching, feeling and body balance. So um, what we do in our work in, in, in general, not my sister, me, but I mean in general, people take um, one of them um, and make it as a hierarchy and then everything else might be tackled or not. So we, yeah. we implement, they are all equal to us and this is how... Um, we receive inspiration and inspire people also in these processes. So we never just let people, for example, read scientific texts or something like that. Uh, so we draw from music, we draw from literature, we draw from um, science, anything basically in the world that surrounds us in order to implement new knowledge. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, so basically, and you work for what kind of organization do you work for? We, we, this is, uh, do you mean uh, what customers or, or, we have? Yeah, we are customers. Is it individuals or is it people in organizations? It's, it's, it's individuals and people in organizations. So it's companies. Okay. It, it can be um, a huge museum, for example, and they invite the communication team um, okay. for a diversity and inclusion workshop. Yeah, it can be an individual who just wrote a book and okay. wants a sensitivity reading. Um, so this is, I mentioned this before. Um, it's, yeah, it varies very much. Okay, okay, great. Well, people can, uh, can contact you if they have a <laughs> question on this. Uh, of course, yeah, sure. I, I will put, uh, of course, every details in the, in the description of the, of the episode. Well, I think now it's time. Uh, uh, well, we're a bit over one hour, so uh, we mm. have to conclude. Uh, Araba, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure uh, to talking to you. Uh, I, I think we understand more some of the challenges we face in, in communicating with our donors in the next uh, years. Uh, so thank you for sharing your, your vision and for transmitting to us some of your 
impressive energy. <laughs> I think we all uh, <laughs> recognize this. Uh, uh, I'm sure it will inspire other fundraisers all, all around Europe. Um, so, like I said, I will do episodes with fundraisers from different countries on on regular basis. So, uh, I hope uh, it will be useful for as many fundraisers as possible. And I'm very happy to have uh, to, to have you in your in my one my, the first episode. Uh, so, Arabas, thanks again, and see you soon. I hope. <laughs> Thank you very much, David. Congratulations, you have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thanks for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, you can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website, uh, fidelis, F-I-D-E-L-I-S-C-C.F-R slash E-F-A. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.